We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned as usual to the end of the interview, where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes, and all of the show notes are over at theentrepreneurethos.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the ratings and reviews. Thanks for all the emails. Thanks for all the retweets. Just thanks for everything. I really appreciate everyone's positivity about the show. It makes it uh, so much easier to do. (laughs) Now, on to my guest for today, George Cassiotis, founder of the Greek-based content marketing agency Minuta. George got his start on Upwork, a freelancer's job site, where he when he couldn't find a job. He did everything he could from data entry to Facebook ads. Of all the jobs he did, he found he liked and had the most talent for content and SEO and started working as a consultant. He started his own company last year, which now has six employees. Minuta focuses on working with SaaS and tech companies in their growth stage. George explains how he's building a reputation for success by being selective about what companies he works with. A company just starting out would not be the best fit for what he has to offer. Instead, a new company should focus on building content and an audience. Then, once they hit a certain point and are poised for growth, they should seek help with their SEO and content. George believes that your story and your perspective are key to hooking in customers and getting them engaged. I agree with that too. He also stresses that when it comes to SEO, You just can't expect overnight results. Now, let's get better together. George Cassiotis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's great to have you on. Um, You got referred to me from my good friend Farzad over at Respana. I gush about Respana. I love Respana. I love Farzad. If Farzad says I got to interview something, I'm on it like a monk on a Cheeto. So, this is going to be really cool. I'm just so excited to talk with you because you have a SEO and content company. You're based out of Greece. If you guys didn't figure out the last name, <laughs> um, and I'm really fascinated by these by by um, by kind of agencies and uh, organic content and SEO and all this sort of stuff. And we're we're going to talk all about that in a second. But as I always like to say, sort of my warm up question: Tell us. Uh, all how you got to do what you're doing today. Sure. Um, so let me get you back to where, when I was around 27 years old. I had no girlfriend. I had no money. And I was kind of disappointed because I was living in Greece back then. Uh, I had two failed attempts to uh, you know, go to uh, Germany to find a better future, let's say. And I had no job, you know, things were not uh, so good at this point of, of my life. And I was remember, I remember it was summer 
And I remember my sister uh, telling me, why don't you use this um, website? It's called Upwork and you can, you know, go in there and uh, look for, uh, you know, jobs. And I was like, okay, I, I'm not sure uh, if I can make it because, you know, I'm from Greece. My English is not so good. And so I will give it a try. And after a couple of weeks, I signed up for Upwork and started bidding on, you know, pretty much everything I found on the platform. And uh, in the beginning, it was mainly, you know, micro tasks, even data entry uh, jobs and things like that. Uh, but I was fascinated by the fact that I was doing something, you know, and obviously uh, that something was not enough to sustain me, like uh, to sustain my lifestyle, let's say. But I was excited because I was doing something different. And as I was, you know, uh, at that point seeing it, it was like I see some perspective into that. So I did Upwork for about a year. And um, then, you know, my reviews went better and better. And I said at some point, you know what, um, Upwork is good. And I, 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 I think I took some good experiences from, from the platform. But why don't I try to um, just leave Upwork and have no safety net and try to do that, um, for example, through um, LinkedIn, which was at that time started to you know, pick up, let's say. Uh, so this is what I did next. Uh, I, I left Upwork and started, you know, uh, searching for, for stuff on, on LinkedIn. Um, and um, after a while, I remember that I, uh, I was publishing some content and landed uh, my first client. You know, I saw uh, it was a small startup and I saw a message on, uh, on LinkedIn from uh, the founder um, would you like to chat, you know, about uh, opportunities uh, and so on? And I was like, yeah, I want. And so I did that. And from there, uh, I started um, doing some uh, uh, quote-unquote cons consulting because it, it wasn't really consulting because I was doing the actual work, you know. And I did that for, um, I would say, a couple of years. Uh, I took some good experiences working with different companies. and. You know, throughout this whole process, I tried, you know, many different things. As I mentioned, data entry, even, in, even data entry in the beginning, like social media stuff. Um, I touched a bit on uh, Facebook ads, uh, you know, a bit all over the place. And I realized that most of the things that I was doing, I didn't like, you know, I didn't enjoy doing. And from all these things that I was doing, the only things that I really enjoyed was um, content and then uh, you know, this organic growth thing, uh, which I didn't know at the time was called SEO. So at some point I realized that, okay, look, you're like, I was like 30 at that point, And I, I was like, you're either going to do this seriously or you better find a job in a, uh, in a, in a comp at a company, you know, uh, because at that point, I guess that I could find uh, like a junior, let's say position at a company. And I decided to uh, do my own thing. So I decided to uh, launch an agency. Uh, I launched Minusia back in January 2021, uh, 20, sorry. Uh, you know, uh, after a couple of months, COVID happened. And so, <laughs> Either yeah, perfect so, timing or not so perfect timing, like I always yeah. like to say. And so I would say that <laughs> not, you know, not a good timing to, to start a new business, um, an agency. Um, and since then, uh, it's been, uh, you know, I would say one and a half year now uh, that I'm running Minusia. And uh, we are six people right now uh, at, the, at the company uh, and we are growing. Uh, we are focusing um, on SaaS and tech companies uh, and uh, B2B. In most cases, companies that are in the growth stage, uh, because as I see it, you know, these are the the companies that mostly need our help and let's be honest, can also afford the service. hundred percent. Um, yeah. Because it's in the higher end. Uh, and um, um, yeah, things are going well uh, right now. As I mentioned, we are growing, um, but I would say that the journey so far has been both difficult and rewarding. 
No, so so true. I mean, I love the fact that you brought up sort of the the upwork side hustle kind of you know like trajectory. A lot, a lot of a lot of folks don't either they don't know that stuff like that exists or they don't think like, Oh, I don't think I could ever do this. And it's, it's really great that you mentioned that because you're the, the idea of building a talent stack or a skill stack to kind of do eventually what you want to do um, is a really kind of a powerful thing that the internet has literally given us. I mean, you're in Greece, I'm in San Francisco, you're probably doing client work all over the world. And it's only possible because, you know, of, of this infrastructure we've built as well as platforms like Upwork, which is, you know, pretty, pretty cool, cool way to go. And so it's interesting that you bring up this whole growth stage of a company, because I'm fascinated by this as well. And what I do with JSY is I also focus on tech startups in, you know, in the growth stage and almost, well, and then I niche down occasionally into IOT, smart home and consumer medical devices, because that's sort of my expertise. And I'm fascinated by the comment about the ones that can afford it. Because <laughs> I get a lot of people that want to talk to me and it's great. You know, I'm not a problem, you know, at giving people advice, but then the price comes up and they're like, oh, we can't afford it. Um, how do you like take, well, how do you like develop those relationships with those kinds of companies? And how, how do you like the ones that come to you that aren't ready? How do, do, you, do you help them get ready? Because I found that, you know, these is like a continuum, right? There's certain things that those, those early stage companies that they need to do what you know, you can offer. They can't afford it. I, I did the same thing with PR, I wrote a book called with my wife, my late wife, Jane called seven PR secrets. I'll start our founders should know. And I'm like, okay, well, if you need to do PR and you can't afford me, read the book. <laughs> I mean, I can't help you, right? And, yeah. But but I mean, t- tell, walk me through a little bit about that because I think, especially tech, SaaS, B two B, a lot of startups have this problem with the customer education process leading to the sale and the growth. So take us a little bit through what you guys do. Yeah, sure. First of all, let me just say that we are helping companies that are mostly as I mentioned in the growth stage, because as I mentioned, these companies can afford the service, okay? But at the same time, and by the way, these are the companies that usually uh, are at a stage where we where we can do interesting things, you know, together. We can scale their operations, we can um, uh, develop uh, interesting ideas and so on and so forth. But we are also uh, helping uh, companies uh, get from zero to one and more than one, actually, okay? We have done that uh, now multiple times, uh, and we have case studies from companies that were literally in zero, okay, when it comes to their uh, authority of the website, uh, when it comes to their organic visibility, and as an extension, the organic traffic they get based on that organic visibility and so on and so forth. So I have seen it uh, happening. You know, I, I know that it can happen, but at the same time, I know how difficult it is uh, for this thing to happen, you know, to get from zero to one when it comes to when you have a website that's so small and has nothing, okay? And it's very difficult because content SEO, unlike other channels, uh, is not easy to prove. You know, you have to wait unless, I don't know, uh, you are um, a founder with uh, a a huge network uh, and... uh, uh, unless you you have uh, a very big uh, VC uh, backing you up with uh, with lots of money, um, you have to accept the fact that you know it's it's going to be very difficult and results are not going to come you know next week. This is not going to happen. It's not like PPC where you just you know uh, open uh, Google Ads, run some com- campaigns, and you have a quick validation. Uh, it's not important whether or not the campaigns are going to work for you, but you have a validation that, okay, there are people who are searching for this thing, who are visiting this landing page, whatever, and who are uh, taking or not taking an action while they are on my website, you know? Totally. And con, yeah, totally. it's, it's I not mean, like that. That's so, so, so perfectly said, yeah. Yeah, so one of the things that we try to do with, with those companies when they approach us is first to, to, to really explain them and make them really understand and accept the reality of their you know, current status. 
it's going to be really, really difficult. And obviously, since you don't have uh, like something that we can work with, uh, the investment is going to be higher. You know, it's another thing uh, getting a website from one to, I don't know, five and another one, uh, another thing to take it from zero to one. It's, it's a completely different process. 100%, 100%. And especially in the beginning, no one, to be honest with you, no one cares. <laughs> yeah, no one cares about your website. No oh, one cares about... Uh, I knew yeah. I would like you. I knew I would like you. <laughs> yeah, but that's, uh, that's the reality. That's the truth. Right? That's no, the, reality. the truth. It's reality. Uh, and, right. and it applies to, to all cases. Like even for us as an agency, we are like a bit over here. Okay, and we are not even uh, native uh, English speakers, even though we have native English speakers in our, um, in our uh, company, in our team. And so it's difficult for someone uh, from the US uh, to trust us. You know, are you guys for real? I mean, how do I know that you're not going to um, mess with my website? So in the beginning, uh, I would say that the situation is difficult, but at the same time, as I mentioned previously, we have seen it happening. It can happen, you know, but you have to accept the fact that it's going to um, be painful and you uh, have to have deep pockets if you want to do it uh, in the right way. Yeah, so true. So true. I have always have a hard time convincing people that, um, yeah, no one, no one cares about your stuff <laughs> until they care about your stuff. And um, it's fascinating because, you know, PR marketing, strategic communications, especially P on the PR side, the, the ROI on PR is so like, it's hard to, to justify. I mean, that's one of the reasons the Respond tool that Farzad built is so awesome because I can finally say like, this is how many we sent out. This is sort of the, you know, the structure of it. And it's a systematic way, which is what he did was he created a system for what I would do manually. Right. And I think that is going to be the future of all this work, this SEO work, even some artificial intelligence, which I know you guys use as well. In fact, I'm starting to use a lot of machine learning and AI in my own practice because it just helps me do stuff that I need to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Faster and easier. It's fa- well, and faster and it really eliminates the bottleneck of some of the creativity sometimes when you just have the systematic way of doing things. So I'm curious, have you guys thought about? building tools for those early stage sort of customers or early stage companies. I'm actually thinking about doing this right now. That's why I mentioned it because I really would love to help them, but if they can't afford the service, like to your point, what can we do to get them to the point where, you know, we got to fill the pipeline too. <laughs> we, we want people to be wildly successful. At least I do, but we got to, you know, how do we get them there? What, what's your thoughts on that? I believe that this is a good point, like, you know, uh, like preparing them to be ready to work with you in in a way, as I see it. To be honest with you, right now, I would say that we don't have the time to do something like that. Uh, So, like in that context, we have to eliminate and say many no's, actually, uh, because we know that, you know what? this is not going to um, uh, go well, you know, because after, and, and trust me, I'm having these discussions uh, all the time, even though I don't like it, but like I have to explain after like one to two months, uh, we, we kick off things uh, for, for a new uh, client, for a new project. I have to explain to the founder uh, why, you know, SEO uh, is not going to work in, uh, in one month because um, she or he, may feel pressure uh, from the investors. You know, I, I need to have these conversations. Unfortunately, there is no easy way uh, when it comes to this. To answer your question, though, right now we don't have um, anything like a tool or something that will prepare those companies uh, to be able to, you know, regardless or regardless whether they are going to work with us or not, to like prepare and understand their current position better and at the same time, see whether or not uh, Cond SEO is a viable solution for them. Because at some point, you know, for me, as I see it, it's better as a service provider because we are in the business of building a reputation. You know, an agency is, is essentially its reputation. You know, at least that's how I see it. Uh, it's better to, uh, to let someone know that don't invest in that. You know, don't do it. Just don't, you know, and not just 
in our agency, don't do it in general. It's not mm. going to help you. Yeah, uh, and, it, and it's going Very to put point. and it's going to put extra pressure on you because you're going to have to explain at the end of the quarter to the investors why this SEO thing that we are spending money on uh, hasn't started to kick in yet. Well, <laughs> you know, it doesn't work that way. You know? No, totally. I think the education process is pretty huge. I mean, I know when I talk to people about PR in particular, I know I get a lot of inbound about like, oh, we want to go viral. We want to get in TechCrunch, blah, 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 right? And I just sit there and most of the time I have to say no because it's like you're not ready or you don't have enough cadence of content or no one really cares about what you're doing yet. Um, and some of them get a little angry because they're like, well, I'm just going to pay you and you do it. I'm like, well, yeah, but I, you, want, you told me you want the ROI. I'm like, ROI is not there for you. And it's good. They sometimes get offended. And I'm like, why would, I'm not going to tell you something. I'm not going to try to sell you something that you're not going to need. Right. I mean, it's hard enough as an agency to not get wires crossed when there's just thrash everywhere. And of course, you know, people get all emotional and they're not really, you know, there's a lot of bad management at startups. I mean, it's a hundred percent obvious that a lot of people don't know how to manage humans. It's clear like, yo, you guess you really didn't learn that in school or you're just such a, some somewhat of a narcissistic, you know, ego-driven psychopath. <laughs> well, I, I digress, but not, I, I just see your point about the, the value. It's, it's interesting because I, I come across this problem all the time and I'm in, even in a startup. So if you're a startup and you're trying to get from zero to one, you know, the Peter Thiel thing, or I'm in the trough of sorrow trying to scale or trying to find product market fit or whatever, these are really important questions to ask because why are you going to waste your money? Now you could get pushed into like your investor says you need to spend, you know, this amount of money on Google ads. Okay. But to your point, you know, are they, are you really going to get the ROI out of that? The nice thing is, is that's very quantifiable, but chances are at that early stage, it's an absolute waste of money. It's good for validation, but you're never going to drive sales with, with, with ads at that stage. <clears throat> At the series, you know, at the early stage and in the growth stage, you have to get your story straight. You have to get your content ideas. You have to get what are you scaling, right? Like, what is it? Is it this or that? And if you get that wrong, you're just going to waste a ton of money. And I'm curious if you see that as you, like, you know, clearly there's different tactics and strategies for both um, organic, you know, growth content marketing and SEO. What are some of the trends that you see, and what are what's some of the advice you'd give to like a founder looking at this because I really love your approach. I mean, even on your, your page, you're like, if you want to work with you guys, you're like, well, answer these two questions. If, if you can't answer yes to these two questions, you probably shouldn't be working with us. And I love that. And I'm trying to do that more and I'm having a hard time with it. So could, could you kind of explain the thought process on that? Yeah. As I see it, companies, uh, let's, let's take SaaS companies, for example, because these are the companies usually we, we are working with. I believe that SEO is a different thing, but content, or if you, let's, let's put it differently. If you want to map specific activities, you know, based on the stage that you're at, let's say, let's say that you're an, an early stage company, okay? Chances are you don't have any, you know, brand uh, reputation. You don't have, uh, you, you have little to no sales. Your product is kind of messy, and let's be honest, in six months from today, maybe you will have to pivot, okay? Uh, because you have built something that uh, you thought was the ne- is going to be the next Facebook, but, you know, it's not. No, <laughs> um, it's not, so, yeah. <laughs> so many things can change. Uh, your website has no authority, okay? And I would say that those early, sta- those early stages and those early days are very uh, scary, okay? Uh, for uh, for any and can, can be very frustrating for any founder. So in these or early days, what's the point of you know focusing on SEO? Don't focus on SEO. Okay, content is another thing because if you ask me, you should focus on content from day one. Okay, from the from the day that you conceive the idea and you uh, feel that okay, this is what I want to build. Even though I think that building something is 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 wrong before you you know, have an audience, but that's a completely different discussion. Um, I would say that you can publish content, for example, start documenting your journey, okay? Um, storytelling stuff. Uh, do you have any 
uh, early uh, users, um, because at this point you're not going to have any paying customers, I guess, uh, that experience value out of the product, do a, uh, a customer story or a case study, okay? Do anything uh, that will help the, the very few people that come on the website um, understand the value that others can experience, okay? Uh, even if the product at this point is in a very uh, early stage, okay? You can do as an activity, uh, I would recommend uh, do uh, guest posting and other brand building uh, initiatives such as, you know, run a podcast or um, launch. Yeah, be, uh, be interviewed on the most awesome podcast in the world, clearly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, do things like that, but at this early stage, do not focus on SEO. Do not invest in SEO. Do not think about SEO because you heard a friend of yours saying that, you know, uh, SEO is the next big thing. Don't do it, you know. In six months, as I mentioned previously, your product may be completely different. You may have to uh, do a rebranding, okay? And we see these things all the time. So don't invest in SEO, but start investing in content from day one. Another thing that you could do, for example, uh, start, you know, as I mentioned, storytelling. I, I really believe in the power of storytelling. Um, share things uh, as much as you want to share, at least, on LinkedIn, okay? Mm. And start... Uh, building a, a, an audience there as well. Uh, these are things that I would recommend to an early stage company. Now, when, it, you get, when a company gets to a product market feed, then some things change. For example, the product is at this point validated, okay? You know that people can experience value, that these are the best use cases, and so on and so forth. You probably, uh, your website is in a slightly better position in terms of authority, and it's uh, ability to be competitive on the SERPs for terms uh, that have informational and maybe some commercial intent as well, which means that at this point, yeah, you can initiate uh, a strategy around SEO as well, okay? Uh, but if you do that, don't think that this is going to work like in two months or even in three months, you know. <laughs> or even usually, in a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it usually doesn't happen like that. No, no. Okay. No, I agree. And I, I would say, I would say, because I, I see that already SaaS is a, is a cluttered space that mm. if you do it and if you invest in Condesio uh, when you have reached uh, a product market feed, do it in a way that, you know, it's not like uh, the, the same way as everyone else is doing. Mm. What do I mean by that? Let's say that you are an influencer marketing software and you want to do a, um, uh, a blog post, a list post with the best, let's say, influencer marketing software. Okay, this is a common practice for, for SaaS companies. Right. I mean, everyone can do this. Okay, everyone. Even someone who uh, has no idea whatsoever when it comes to uh, influencer marketing. Okay, everyone can do it. <laughs> you could even but, have an AI bot write it too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but not everyone. I guess at this point, the AI can do that. Not everyone can try, actually try. You don't have to do the mega list with 22, uh, let's say, influencer marketing software. Do a list with eight, but add perspective. Mm. How you can do that by, you know, you can go on and actually try them. You know, yeah. actually try yeah. them. Yeah, and yeah, these... Yeah. This is going to be, for me, as I see it, a very big differentiator because things are, you know, if you, when you open the SERP for, for most terms, especially when it comes to SaaS, as I mentioned, um, you see pretty much, you know, the same. Like yeah. even the numbers in list posts, for example, are pretty much the same yeah. because yeah, they, they try to match the intent of the uh, high-ranking uh, high, uh, high pieces. Uh, so try to do something um, you know, by adding your perspective and opinion uh, about things. Okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so this is what I would recommend when it comes to uh, companies that have reached a product market fit. And then when it comes to uh, companies that are in the growth stage and, you know, essentially uh, want to uh, run at full speed, um, you have to consider things uh, that can allow you to scale everything that is that you're doing you know uh, for example when it comes to seo this could be 
launching uh, launching a microsite or mm. uh, tools. Uh, mm. By then, you have the capabilities, you have the knowledge, you have the authority, you have pretty much everything you need in order to scale uh, your operations. Okay, and as I would say that the the activities uh, that you need to invest in, uh, both time and resources, have to be different in in all stages uh, of the um, of the company uh, company's life cycle. Yeah, it's a very good point. I like I like the whole kind of three stages of it. And uh, you you know, do you know Pep Laya? You heard of Pep Laya over at Winter? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I interviewed him a while back. Gosh, it was a long time ago. Um, before Winter was what it was called. It was some other thing like copy testing or whatever. And uh, yeah, copy testing. Yeah. And I think he is probably one of the best at what you mentioned about like sharing on LinkedIn and having a perspective. And I know his philosophy, which I share, it's like all about the brand. Everything else is sort of commodity. Like, I mean, really, are you going to do the better tool? I mean, come on. Like, there's so many out there. It's really about brand and building loyalty and and, and having an opinion. And, and of course, he's got opinions, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Even yeah, his yeah. podcast, How to Win, is like, well, this is how you win, right? But um, I really look up to him, honestly, when it comes to this sort of stuff as well, because you know, he was also, I think he's the CEO of CXL, which is another great, you know, tool and resource for marketers, but just his perspective on, you have to be different. Like the world's been arbitraged to these listicle BS things and like have an opinion, like really be thoughtful and kind. And I love your point and I love your advice on how, you know, like have a perspective um, and I find this a lot of times is the is the differentiator between a startup and a founder and a team that's going to win or lose because a lot of this stuff you know you can't just throw money at it anymore. I mean, you sort of can, but the ROI on some of you know return on advertising spend if you don't have your story right, if you don't is is zero. I mean, it's negative. Like you can't make money at it. You have to really focus on the story. As you mentioned, I'm a very story-driven person as well. The story, the content, what am I scaling, really finding your tribe and those advocates, which which is a really uh, powerful thing as well. So that it's when you are ready to scale, you scale the right thing and don't blow all that cash, right? Because it's an infinite pit, (laughs) money pit when it comes to uh, PPC. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, this is a valid point. And let me just say, for the record, I really like uh, Piplaya's uh, content, um, and I understand why he's growing in popularity. Because, like as I see it, he's just saying the truth, you know, about yeah. what he believes and what he stands for, yeah. and how how he approaches marketing. And and I really like that, you know. I, yeah. I I don't want to see the same over and over and over again. Like. Yeah. And, and I, I feel the same about brands as well. You know, um, for example, if Drift hasn't uh, done marketing the way it has since day one, uh, they, they wouldn't have become the, the company they are nowadays. Yeah. You know? right. And uh, they, they wouldn't have built this amazing brand and they wouldn't have been one of the fastest, uh, if, if not the fastest, I'm not sure, uh, growing SaaS of all times. You know? But they invested in building a brand, telling a story, um, and making the whole thing more real rather than, you know, uh, plastic, let's say, or, uh, yeah. Saccharine. We, we, the, yeah. the saccharinized, the, uh, yeah. the tab and, back in the day. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and this is like the, this is kind of the brands I like and the products I like to use as well, yeah. you know, because I can relate to the people's stories. I can resonate. I can, this is what I like as, you know, a consumer, let's say, uh, and a user and the customer of these tools as well. Uh, because let's face it, especially SaaS nowadays is so cluttered that chances are, if you're going to launch something, uh, it's going to be like a, a me too uh, category. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think that it was David Council by Drift who said that uh, don't try to compete on uh, product, uh, compete on brand because like, what's Pep the says point? That too. Pep says yeah, that too. Yeah. If, if you, even if you build, let's say that you launch an amazing uh, you know, a uh, new feature and you're excited about it, chances are that a bit further down the line, um, in six months, for example, in nine months, whatever, 
your competitor will be able to copy that, you know? Yeah, just so, look at what happened to TikTok and Snap. <laughs> yeah, like it's not going to, like, as I see it, companies that try to compete on, on, on features, they are lost. While companies that are trying to build a brand, and once again, I see storytelling for some peculiar reason uh, that honestly, I cannot explain. I'm trying to understand why this is so powerful. But I see it over and over again. Companies that thrive, um, they, one way or another, they, are, they employ storytelling as yeah. part of the mix. Well, I, I can tell you why it works. I know. I'm, I'm an expert in storytelling. I, I would tell. like to know. I would definitely <laughs> like to know. Well, so um, stories in our DNA. Um, the reason why we survive as a species is because throughout all of our ancestors have told stories. So where to find food, always you know, around the campfire, where to find food, where not to get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, how to breed, da, 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 right? So the tribal knowledge of the world was always handed down through stories and anecdotes. That's why the Bible is one of the most popular books in the world. It's all these stories. And, and these, these stories resonate because all these stories have a structure that we recognize. And the first part of the structure, right? Stories always got three parts, right? It's a beginning, a middle, and an end. The beginning has to hook you in. So, you know, from your part of the world, Aristotle, right? Um, he had the rhetorical, his rhetorical construct, which he came up with 2000 years ago. So anyone in um, influence, sales, marketing, or whatever, literally uses Aristotle stuff. It's all just repackaging of what has been known for 2000 years. And there's three different ways that people get persuaded. There's the pathos, right? Uh, Greek word <laughs> for emotion yeah. or meaning or the thing like in all stories at the beginning, when they hook you in, they hook you in on emotion. And throughout our entire history of the humanity, we pay attention to stories that chug on our heartstrings. That's the first and foremost thing. What's the emotion I'm going after, right? The second thing is the logos or the, the logic of how, you know, it's so cool. I'm talking to someone in Greek about Greek stuff. <laughs> the <laughs> logos, right? The logos is these are the steps in order to do something to make it successful. So if you want to go hunt beast, we need to do this, 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 and this, right? We need to make a flint. We need to make fire like these. And these stories are, and they're anecdotal as well as, you know, we're trying to like figure this out, right? The third one is the ethos, right? The bona fides or your credibility. I am the you know, chief of the tribe, and I am the best hunter. So I am trusting the best hunter, the best gatherer, the best skinner, the best midwife to tell me the steps to do because they've done it, right? Every great brand tells stories with those three things. And they have a beginning hook that hooks people in. They build up to some sort of like emotional thing, and then they pay it off, Rick, because all stories are about change. You come in, you're in the status quo. And, you know, uh, Kurt Vonnegut would say, you're walking along and you fall into a hole. <laughs> like, now what? Right? That's the, the out of the status quo, right? Every great brand tells a great story. And those stories are all based on what we're, what's in our DNA. So you and I are talking on Skype today. I'm sorry, we're not on Skype, we're on Zoom. <laughs> you're on Zoom in an interview on my podcast because our ancestors told the best stories. Full stop. That's the reason why we exist. Everything else is secondary, right? Technology, yes, we had to have fire, but the reproduction of technology, the this is how you make fire consistently was a story someone told their kid and their kid and their kid and their, like memes. Think of it as a meme. If you want to build a meme, the meme has to be clear, concise, and compelling and have those three things in it. That's how stories get reproduced, right? So what res what, why you and I and like that's why why do I love winter? Like I even I'm even a tester on winter. I love winter. I think winter's a great idea. I love Pep. He's awesome. I love Farzad. Awesome. There's another guy, um, Phil Hughes over at Elementary Analytics. Like he does these analytics tool, right? Canva, you know, even a custolence, which is another tool. I love these tools because the story they tell. One, it solves a problem I have. And two, it resonates with me. And it's like, what is it about it? Well, I like to your point, you brought it perfectly. I can relate. Yeah. When brands can relate to their customers, that's magic. And you cannot buy that. 
you have to work really hard. You have to use the right tools and you have to do what Pep does, right? Every time on LinkedIn, I get on LinkedIn, I see his posts. I'm like, right on, bro. Click like or comment. <laughs> and in fact, I even want to, I probably might not even reach out to have him back on the show because he's like, from where, when, when he first started what he was doing to now, it's quantum leap. Yeah. Quantum leap. Right. 100%, yeah. Even Farzad, when I first met Farzad, when he was working on Respondent, he like, oh, we're in beta with this little thing. He called outreach to me. <laughs> Vlad is one of his guys did. Oh, we want to share a link on your website or whatever. And I'm like, hey, what's this tool? <laughs> right. Because it because his thing is not spam, uh, you know, build relationships, don't spam. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's just brilliant. Like, yes, I want a relationship with you. Now that I know you, now I, I trust you, right? Like the whole no like, and trust thing. Yeah. And scaling a story is really hard. Like it, it's not a throw money at it. You have to have, you have to have, you have to know how to write a good story. That's, that's the magic. That's why you and I have a job. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah. we're storytellers. We're storytellers. Brands come to us with no clue about what they're doing. And they're like, how do we scale this thing? And then we have to tell their story. And that's the magic. Yeah. And when you're ready for that, it's gold. When you're not ready for that, you got to get ready for that. And that's part of the reason I do this one, do this podcast and two, do some other tools that I'm trying to make startups ready to like hire you as an example. Like this is how what we're going to scale, you know, and uh, it's so awesome. fascinating. It's really, it's so, so that's in a nutshell, why stories are awesome. <laughs> Um, it's super cool. So, you know, what are some of the questions that you think the next generation of entrepreneur should be asking themselves if they want to be an entrepreneur? I mean, you've, you've had, you have the classic entrepreneurial story, like, eh, I didn't know what to do. No girlfriend or this or that. I mean, great story. Right. And then I got all on Upwork. Like you told the awesome thing, the hook, right. Oh, didn't have a girlfriend, didn't know what I was going to do. I'm lost. Okay. Get on Upwork. Ah, do all these menial things. You're building up to the payoff. I have my own company. <laughs> so what questions should they ask themselves? Yeah. My own company married and, uh, you know, well, there you go. And the growing team. Yeah. So I think that obviously the reality is, uh, is different because we face difficulties every day, you know, um, but I would say that uh, when it comes to entrepreneurship, it, it can get really, uh, really brutal at times. So um, the first question, and obviously, if we knew what we are getting into, I guess that most of us uh, wouldn't get into it in the first place. Okay. <laughs> so That's probably true. That's probably true. Yeah. That's probably yeah. true. Uh, so... Um, let's oversee that part. Uh, I, I, I really believe that the first question that you need to, uh, to ask, uh, is, uh, what do I like? Uh, the reason why I started a Condesio agency is because a, I like Condesio and B from the things that I tried, I honestly see that this is the only thing that I'm good at. You know, mm. I wasn't good at Facebook ads. I wasn't good at social media. I wasn't good at, you know, whatever. Right. I am good at this. So it makes sense. And since obviously I like it, that this is what I'm going to do. So the first question, definitely, you know, what do I like? The second question, I know that a young entrepreneur, and I have these conversations very often, I have a product, you know, and uh, for some peculiar reason that it's not, you know, clear to me, most entrepreneurs think that what they are building is going to be the next, you know, whatever. It's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not the one who says that it's data, you know, and especially, it's reality, yeah. yeah, it's reality and it's data. And especially if you're VC backed, your chances are of succeeding are lower. You have to accept that because um, yes, what you are building uh, in your mind is important, but you know, uh, it's a big world out there and yeah. very uh, competitive. So uh, I would say that uh, my advice would be, just you have an idea about the product, about the service, whatever. My advice would be, especially if it's a product, uh, let's, let's go with the product path. Don't build it, okay? The question could be, uh, what is the person who would buy it, okay? 
so that um, I'm trying to, I will try to build an audience. Okay. Yeah. Uh, quite frankly, in the next company that I'm going to build, I'm not going to build anything. I'm, I will try to build an audience first and then see, okay, now I have them. What can I sell them? Okay. I've heard this before. I've heard this before. Sell it before you build it. Yeah. And so the question could be, what is uh, the audience? Okay. Uh, then you can obviously ask, how will I build this audience in order to you know, come up with a strategy and so on and so forth? And obviously some tactics uh, in, the, in the context of that strategy. And after you have that audience, after the, you, you, you manage to build uh, this audience and you manage to keep them engaged, then, and you know exactly what they want, then, you know, uh, the question could be, what can I sell to those people, you know? Um, so I would say that, especially when it comes to products, I've, I, I see and I have many examples of, of people who, individuals who build an audience first, and uh, many companies, by the way, started as, you know, for example, HubSpot started as a blog. You know? They didn't even have a product, okay? And they started as a blog. And now it's one of the biggest SaaS in the world. And so I would say... Yeah, it started also the guy, Dimesh. I think his name is Dimesh Shah. He, uh, he created a forum called uh, On Startups or Answers on Startups. And I was part of it. That's how I know way back in the day this was like over 10 years ago and yeah they they it really wasn't nothing it was just him <laughs> him and uh jason cohen I remember from uh jason cohen from uh wp engine okay okay yeah. that's, that's i mean this is how this is when content marketing and what was called at the time and they still call it inbound seo or in, inbound inbound marketing yeah. was like super new. I mean, this was the whole copy, you know, copy blogger days, like with Brian Clark, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember him? It's like this is over 15 years ago. Like, and I remember um, that was just so, yeah, they were building an audience. They're like, I don't know, they didn't know what to do. No one, knew. no one back then knew what the hell was going on. <laughs> I think, I think that also copy bloggers started as, you know, a blog serving tips and advice on yeah. Uh, yeah. copywriting and so on. Yeah. And then I think I read it somewhere. They, it, it took them like nine months uh, for uh, monetization. So oh, oh, or even longer than that. Because maybe, yeah, maybe of, even longer. Because one, one of the I know. So uh, Mark McGinnis, who at one point was my creative coach, he uh, worked with Brian Clark on something called Lateral Action, which there was Copy Blogger. Then there was um, he had his own WordPress tools. I mean. They've done some, now they have one, something called unemployable him and Jared Morris, which I've interviewed. Jared Morris is a great, like Jared Morris is one of the best community builder humans I've ever met. Like hands down, if I ever wanted to build a community, I'd be like, Jared, <laughs> if I can afford Jared, I'd be like, you go do it. But, but yeah, like it's, it's it, the building the audience is so fascinating because it's and a lot of entrepreneurs don't, they don't think I didn't, I don't think that way, honestly. And because I'm an engineer by training, so I just build stuff. And yeah, I've built so many things no one wanted. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, though. That's the thing that I see. Uh, I have many examples like this as well, you know. And as I mentioned previously, most founders feel that their idea is so unique that, you know, this is going to be the next thing, uh, the next big thing. But chances are it's not going to be the next thing. Okay, so this is why I believe that building an audience uh, is, you know, uh, essentially, and all the questions around that should be uh, fundamental to deciding whether or not I'm going to take this, you know, uh, the, the entrepreneurial uh, journey. Wow. Well, it's just been a pleasure, honestly. I love talking to people about this and storytelling and content marketing and SEO. And I love that Farzad introduced us. Like I said, love that guy. I think he's building something pretty awesome over at Respana and yeah, stay safe, stay in touch and uh, love just awesome having you on the show. Thanks so much. Thanks again, George, for being on the show. Some great stuff. Really appreciate it. As promised, here are some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. Find something you'd like to do and are good at. George did a lot of different types of things, but eventually found his niche what he was good at, right? It's good to focus. I mean, you do need to know a little bit about a little bit of everything, but 
Focus on what you're good at, what you are good, not only good at, but passionate about should be the best way to go. Um, I know sometimes you got to do what you don't like, but uh, try to avoid that if you can. George advises starting with an audience rather than a product. Work on cultivating a voice in an audience and then figure out what you can offer the audience, right? It's doubtful that you can offer anything significantly unique. Instead, focus on cultivating loyalty and trust. And I think, you know, this is something that I have been a big fan of, and especially a Pep Laya over at uh, Winter. Um, all his stuff on LinkedIn is literally like, you compete on brand, you don't compete on product, product's commodity, product's commodity, build a brand, build, you know, something that people will like. And I think, yeah, I think that's going to be the new thing thing. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's a word, but think more about how to compete as a brand and building your story as well as, of course, you need the product, but I think product's just going to be commoditized. Looking to have influence and impact? Have a voice and a strong point of view. This will help you get attention, engage, and retain an audience, and secure a following. Yes, you kind of have to stand for something, even if that's something sometimes is not the most popular. I mean, you don't have to be crazy about it, but I mean, take a stand, tell it what your stand is. And you know, like there's going to be people that are not going to like what you stand for, but generally, I mean, that's who you are. So you don't really want to be who you're not. So there you have it. The actionable insights that I learned from my awesome interview with George. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learn something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.